Welcome to Classically Current, where we review new films every week and link them together with classic films of the past. With your host, Zach and Kyle. Thank you guys once again for tuning into our show. Thanks so much for checking out our Suicide Squad review. As we were talking about James Gunn and his career, we had a lot of fun with that movie. And now we're going to go from a really high-budget movie in the Suicide Squad, talk about a small independent film. This was this, We don't have the exact budget for this movie, but it is under $2 million, likely, since it is a low-budget film. It is called Till Death. It's a movie that came out in the early early July, kind of on streaming, and it's been circulating there for about a month or so. We just wanted to highlight an independent film. If they're done well and if they're entertaining, we want to talk about them a little bit more on the show. So you may see us talking about some low-budget films from time to time just to highlight movies that maybe you weren't on your radar. And this is one that really wasn't on my radar, but I was recommended to check it out. It is a small budget, as we said. We're going to talk about it and get into the director profile. So what we're going to do on this show is we're going to talk about the director profile as usual, talk about some movie background information. It's going to be a little bit different of an episode as we don't have a lot of information. That's how small of a production this is. We don't have all the information still over a month out now, and it just hasn't gotten a lot of information that we could find. So we're going to give you all the most pertinent information on Classically Current today as we discuss Till Death. So without further ado, let the podcast begin. Till Death is about a woman who is left handcuffed to her dead husband as part of a sick revenge plot. Unable to unshackle herself, she has to survive she has to survive as two killers arrive to finish her off. Till Death is a American horror thriller action film directed by SK Dale and it is his directorial debut from a screenplay by Jason Carvey and it stars Megan Fox. Callan Mulvey, Eon Mackin, Amel Amin, and Jack Roth. And it was released, like I said, it was a limited release in theaters on July 2nd, 2021, and was simultaneously released on video on demand. And we and you can currently check it out on those platforms, you know, Vudu, YouTube, Google, you know, anything. There's so many. There's so much access. You can even probably check it out on Amazon Prime as well. We rented it on Vudu, and 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 uh, you know it was only like three bucks to rent this film, so not not too much at all. Uh, but uh, Kyle, let's get into it. Let's talk about the director profile and talk about S.K. Dale as you know it's his directorial debut. So there's not a lot of information out on him. No, there's really like four short films he's done uh, prior to this. That's about it. Uh, but some of the short films that he has done, uh, Soul Trader, that was his first one, and that came out in 2012, Beyond the Water's Edge in 2016, The Coat Maker, and Tommy uh, were the uh, 
four short films that he's done prior to this. So that's really all we've been able to kind of gather on him so far. Uh, this is probably one of our lowest budgeted films, I would say, that we've reviewed. I think the only yeah. other one would probably be Palm Springs. That was a pretty low budget film, but that at least had like information about box office and information about the budget. We don't have a lot for box office as is a limited release. We do have some information on streaming, which we'll get into, but uh, yeah, SK Dale is, you know, has done several short films and is starting his career. So it's, it's cool that, you know, somebody like SK Dale is able to work up the ranks have a few short films, which, of course, I haven't seen any of these short films, but he's gone through four short films and felt like he was ready to take on a big production. Like, not a big production, but a feature film. So, with that being said, though, Kai, let's get into the movie background. As, you know, this film, does, we don't have a lot of information, but one of the things we had found out was that it was actually filmed in Sofia, Bulgaria and it started they started filming in August of 2020 uh, so yeah during the pandemic you know this was delayed it had delayed production so it was originally going to begin in March of 2020 but was delayed but they were able to get it done in August and since it was in Bulgaria time zones different and she was so jet-lagged she would only get two to three hours of sleep a day so there's like scenes of her like looking really tired and and uh, exhausted i can understand that perfectly because she was so sleep deprived i'm sure for four to five weeks kyle and she was dragging bulgarian stuntman across the floor in in the scenes as well i don't even know how she was able to do this but it's, it's pretty impressive yeah i'm sure the weather plays a factor into that too just the cold just depressing weather throughout this movie that kind of gives it its backdrop but, uh, yeah, I, she stuck it through, I guess. Yeah, Kyle, but as far as budget box office, they said this was a low-budget film, which usually means less than $2 million to make. So it's how made, much did it make? It's made around 23000 Zach. That's that's pretty good, right? In the box office, right? you know. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it hasn't really recouped uh, much of that budget, I'm sure. Uh, which again well, we don't have a, a specific number but we assume it's if you're getting somebody like megan fox i'm assuming it's close to a million right well she has been this is a good time to talk about her and her roles recently as i feel like i haven't seen megan fox in forever the most recent big film that she was in was the teenage mutant ninja turtles franchise that was all the way back in 2016 but since then she's been in some low budget films you have something like rogue which came out last year you have a film called above the shadows she was in the battle of jang sari zeroville and think like a dog is their most recent one before this i don't even remember hearing about those movies and when i look back at their you know box office gross from those films it's pretty scarce as well they were probably a lot they were probably mostly streaming movies like this one is but Kyle the good news is for this film it did okay you know as far as home streaming the information that we found was that it was sixth in streaming for rentals on July 10th 
and went up, you know, up a little bit to ninth the next week and tenth and then twelfth the the weeks, you know, afterwards. So actually done quite well, you know, streaming. So you don't really know the exact numbers per se, but at least, you know, it, it did have somewhat of an audience on streaming. Just moving on to the critical response, this movie did strike a chord with critics as it has an 88% approval on Rotten Tomatoes currently. It doesn't have a lot of reviews as it was more independent and not a lot of people ended up seeing it at the time of its release. But uh, so that was 88% out of 33 reviews and Metacritic has it a 66 out of 100 based on five critic reviews. And to talk about some of those, Kyle, let's talk about some of the best reviews we found and some of the worst we found. So this one, Kyle, the first one is an 8 out of 10 from Beatrice Lagiza, I believe, from the New York Times. She said that this straightforward romp focuses its attention on its cunning and no-nonsense scream queen. And what Fox lacks in dramatic prowess, she makes up for in pure wicked magnetism. So she was a fan of her performance. But sure. Kyle, what do we have for one of the more mixed reviews? I believe this one was a 58 out of 100. Yeah, it's surprising it's a 58 out of 100 based on reading it. This is Matt Cipolla from the film stage. He reads, The final result is about as much of a time passer one could make with this script and what must have been a small budget. Man, this guy's dogging the small budget and the independent film style that it has. You know, it's not easy to make a you know high-concept film on a small budget and have it be successful and have it, you know, work. So, uh, I mean... I can see where he's coming from from there, but I don't know, Kyle. We'll, we'll get into our own thoughts here as we move along here. We don't have a lot on our Did You Know segment. We usually do a fun fact segment at this time and talk about some of the behind the scenes, but uh, there's not a lot of information right now that we could find that was particularly interesting on the behind the scenes. So we'll, with that, Kyle, let's just get into our classic movie link and get into the review of the film. So for my classic movie link, Zach, I am choosing Panic Room, which came out in 2002. Uh, it's a movie where the are criminals that are going to uh, seize some money out of this uh, panic room that was specially designed uh, to keep someone safe in, say, a tornado, a storm, or in this case, uh, violent criminals. And in a lot of ways, I do see some similarities here just with the thriller aspect uh, throughout this movie uh, attached with that and just kind of a uh, cat and mouse game throughout with with the uh, villains. So, yeah, I would say that that's a, a decent um, classic link. Uh, some differences there and if you had to ask me, which we'll get into it more, but I would say Panic Room is still the superior one uh, to this. But what was yours? Yeah, Kyle, I have a few that I was thinking about when I was watching this film. As, you know, this is a low-budget film, but it's also in this, like, all pretty much shot all in one location. And 
I'm always intrigued to see small budget movies and how they're able to maximize their space and make a movie interesting consistently all in one location. And you do that with direction, you do that with some writing as well, and I feel like they were mostly successful in this film and, and produced a very solid film. And one that it reminds me of that is also similar to that is Gerald's Game that came out a few years ago that's uh, based on a Stephen King uh, novel of the same name. But that movie follows a couple goes to a lake house and her husband ends up dying and she's chained to a bed and has to figure out a way out of her mess but also kind of come to grips with things that have happened in her past while she is doing so and I felt like the actress in that film was very good had a, a very good performance I feel like that movie is a little bit better than this one and it, it just has more emotional impact with the story but another one I was thinking of is Hush where you have a deaf girl a deaf character that is stuck in a house just all in one location once again you have this weird creepy guy that's trying to get in and and uh, take advantage of her and uh, that film is also very good I was also thinking a little this kind of reminded me a little bit of misery in some aspects which we talked about on this podcast last year it, this is all one location similar to kind of how misery is although it kind of bounces yeah. around but that has like a snowy atmosphere right and so does this one and as Zach, well. in some ways uh it's similar in that one person is kind of held prisoner uh yes in in both of these films so it's yeah definitely interesting dynamic there well yeah there's been other films that have done similar you know storylines to this and some of them have been very, very good, like Misery, and very solid, like Gerald's Game and Hush. Yeah. But let's get into well, what makes this one different and what makes this better or worse. But what were you going to say, Kyle? Well, I was just going to also uh, mention that it actually also reminded me a little bit of The Shining, just in kind of the same snowy atmosphere. Uh, girl is basically kind of running for her life. I, I imagine Shelley Duvall's character, like, trying to um, – uh, run out there to uh, it's they're getting that what, what's that vehicle it's not like the the bobs the bobcat or something to, oh yeah to get them out of here and then she realizes it's like obviously that that's not going to happen after what Jack did to it so um, yeah in some ways it's it's interesting just like you know tires get slashed or whatever it, it that there's like no escape route really you're kind of stuck in the middle of nowhere um, just kind of a little bit of that atmosphere to it as well. Yeah, so you're like uh, claiming this as the new Shining. Is this like uh, as good as the Shining, Kyle? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. But uh, it's not a bad effort. We'll, we'll, I'll just say that it's it's a it's okay. You know, it's a good first effort. But uh, well, that's a good way to uh, segue into what you really think of the film, Kyle. Let's yeah. get into the review portion, and I guess I'll start. I'll start us off, and then I'll get into what your thoughts are. But I thought that this was a really good thriller. I mean, it's enjoyable. It's a solid. It's a solid thriller. It util utilizes every bit of real estate. I felt like to keep you hooked and interested throughout. So it's it's very contained thriller too. It, as I said before, it takes place all in one day too, and all in one setting. And you have a solid performance from Megan Fox as she is consistently trying to figure out a way out of her situation and out of her relationship as well. 
and then you have a very good camera movement. I was impressed, Kyle, with uh, how they were able to film this and keep it interesting all in one location. And the set design as well. It just seemed like it was all filmed in uh, Bulgaria, like we said. Seemed like it was all in one, I would assume it was all in one location, like in uh, one house. I don't know if they shot the exterior someplace or if they shot the interior another place, but I felt like it, and, and it also had like a subtle score to it that I felt like added a lot of tension to the film. And, you know, the ending had me gripped, Kyle. I was interested in what was happening. I cared for this character. And I was just consistently impressed with how they were able to have her go through each phase of her attacks, I guess you could say. And how she was consistently able to outdo these gentlemen, outthink out them, outwork them in providing, you know, an escape for herself. We'll get into the downsides, Kyle, but that was kind of my, you know, we, we talk a lot about the good and the bad. That was my good for this film. What was your good? Uh, yeah, I guess there's some uh, similarities there. Uh, I, I did enjoy the kind of the atmosphere presented throughout, and I think that there were some dynamic camera movements throughout. I thought that was kind of impressive based on the budget they had. Um, I mean, yeah, I was entertained throughout. I thought that uh, it kept me kind of on the edge of my seat throughout the the uh, film uh, which is you know another credit to the director being able to keep us uh, entertained uh, for an hour and a half uh, on a low budget you know that was that was pretty impressive um, I I did like some of that subtle score as well um, and I thought that there was some added tension with that um, yeah I, I would say that it's just it's kind of a feels like a black and white thriller that um you know is just kind of a good hour and a half like it's not too long not super long it's it kind of keeps it minimalistic which i think was good made the story kind of easy to follow um and i think that that what well, it's not going to wear on somebody mentally to follow along with this movie um but i i do think that there was some effect effectiveness there but those are my yeah, likes yeah, and we'll get into some of our dislikes, but I feel like to be able to recommend this film, I feel like if people have seen, you know, Hush or Gerald's Game or Panic Room or those other, or even Misery, I feel like they could get some enjoyment out of this. It, yeah. it doesn't, like, separate itself high and above from those other films, necessarily, but it just does everything really well, I feel like. It, it's just a solid yeah. movie, and it should be acknowledged, as it is a low-budget movie, it's a directorial debut, and that's why we're talking about it on this podcast. We want people to be able to check it out if they're interested. You know, uh, so I feel like this would be a perfect fall-to-winter movie. Yeah. Like on uh, yeah, you know, it, and the afternoon, just put this on. Yeah, check like it I, out. like I said, it sets the atmosphere there. It's it's. I always like those movies there where it's. On the surface, it's kind of a simple storyline, but you know maybe it un uncovers a little bit more here and there. Uh, I I just always kind of like the unraveling a little bit of a film uh, to kind of like keep it interesting for you. And as as far as you know, some downsides, I guess you could say this also you could say about a lot of thrillers of this type is 
is that there's just some suspension of you know disbelief that you kind of have to have at certain points as you're thinking about what the characters are doing and you're like how are they doing this or why are they doing this or you know they could have just done this instead and that everything would have turned out to be okay that sort of thing yeah which you it's hard to avoid those uh, but i felt like they kept it to a minimum for the most part but you just those things kind of bug you uh, when you're watching it but overall i think it's a very solid thriller and it, that is you know it's full of a lot of I felt like surprises uh, towards the end and middle of the of the film and uh, very well shot as well. And I think Megan Fox is very solid and I felt a lot of empathy for her character. And that's important to distinguish from sympathy. I didn't have a lot of sympathy for her. I just felt empathy because there's these things that are happening to her and she is not, you know, oh, woe is me. She's like taking charge and and doing whatever she can to get out of this mess. And I was able to feel her pain and frustration. I think her getting two to three hours of sleep actually made her performance even better, probably, for this film. Um, so that's, I guess that's kind of one of my issues, actually, is I, I didn't find the acting of this film overall to be that impressive. Uh, some of the delivery on some of the uh, lines, I thought, weren't very believable at times to me. Um, in the circumstance that she was in. Um, so I don't, I mean, I think she has the facial expressions there. I think that she can do enough there. And I just think that the film to some extent is limited in its dialogue, uh, that, that it maybe, uh, was limiting her a little bit, but I don't know. There was moments where I, I just kind of would watch and almost cringe a little bit just cause I'm like, ugh. Like it just didn't seem very believable on the delivery or just the, the dialogue itself. Um, so I guess that's kind of where I uh, had to take some issue with it. Um, well, and, yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned the dialogue because there isn't a lot of talking in this movie. I felt like, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, it's just, and that comes to with the direction of the film. A lot of things right. are showed to you and not told to you, which I think is, is a, is a very good job on the director's part. Yeah, well, it gives it a little bit more of an ambient feel to it, I'd say. Um, but uh, you talked about kind of like the suspension of disbelief, um, you know, at certain points. You know, there was, and how it kind of prolonged certain points of the movie. And there was like, I mean, there's a specific moment. I'm not going to give too much away, but there's a specific moment when uh, the two guys enter the house and there's blood. Uh, in the house and there's a it's a trail and yeah literally mm -hmm. that just bugged me so much Zach because like literally she is right around the corner uh, if that guy just follows the trail of blood he's gonna <laughs> find her right there and he just yeah stops. that's probably the, the the worst one that was just uh, so I like you can't let that slide like that was just like they would have had her right then and there and, and there's nothing that she's gonna be able to do because she's still handcuffed obviously but anyways yeah that's like one of the the big issues i took with this is that yeah it just kind of seemed like it it is kind of just prolonging the film uh i don't know and i always like kind of hate those parts like where uh someone's about to like find her around the corner and all of a sudden that person's they disappear and and that they don't they don't find her 
And I feel like, I feel like it's always just such an easy way out. It's like, well, how did she actually escape? That's not very realistic. And that given, you know, the setup here is like where he's literally feet away from her and she's able to somehow manage to get to the other side without being detected. So there's definitely some issues with that for me as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it it does. Yeah. Like you said, it has moments where you just kind of maybe cringe a little bit at uh, some of the things that they're doing, but then they also have some moments that are surprising and that are pretty impressive how she was able, how they're able to come up with different things throughout the film that make it uh, make that makes her get out of the situation. Yeah. Uh, but then there's things like you said, where you're shake scratching your head. Okay. How could they not have seen this or how could they not have heard this? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and that I feel like is a trapping of this genre or this, this type of movie as well. But overall, I felt like I, I liked the ending. I think the most uh, where she is, I, I just liked how, the film ends. I'm not going to spoil how it ends, but I felt like they got a lot of mileage out of that location that they were doing and, uh, her figuring things out. And, you know, this uh, was something that bothered me about old a little bit when certain characters may be underwater for a crazy amount of time. You think they're like Olympic swimmers with how long they're underwater and sometimes that just bugs me but and it bugs me in in old when that was going on and it bugged me in this movie but it ended up working out uh in the end for me overall and maybe more so for me than you i would give this a seven a solid seven i'll give it a solid seven out of ten i think people should seek it out if they're interested it was only three dollars to rent on voodoo where where we rented it but what do you think kyle uh you know i'm gonna give it a five and a half i think overall it 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 kept the interest there for me um just i don't know some of the a little uneven at times with performances uh, i thought even the actors uh characters were maybe a little bit I don't know, almost overstated or uh, like the, the husband Appreciate is it, like guess. such a, a such a jerk like through throughout. I mean, you're you're just like it's almost like not subtle enough for me that I almost wish it was just kind of like a little more subtle, not quite as obvious that he's such a prick. But um, yeah, I would give it a five and a half. I think that that's a fair uh, number for me. I think it's a good solid first uh, effort for uh, Scott Dale, SK Dale, whatever he goes by right now. Um, and I would maybe be interested in uh, some more that he ha- work he has coming up in the future. Yes, I'll be keeping his name and uh, we'll be keeping track of him as he goes throughout his career. Hopefully this leads to other things that he can work on in the future. Because like you said, it is a very solid effort. But uh, we've done our independent film for this month. We'll try to do one from time to time. Not, I'm going to say we're going to do one every month, but we're going to try to do them from time to time, and we'll try to let everybody know what we're planning on doing in the future. But the next few films that we're going to be talking about are Reminiscence, which is currently out on HBO Max until, I think, the middle of September, but it's also showing in the theaters. And we're also going to be checking out Free Guy as well, which is currently playing in theaters and did really well in the box office its first weekend and second weekend as well. 
So we're excited to talk about both of those movies in the future and talk about some other stuff coming out in September as well. With that being said, thank you guys for tuning into this episode. Stay tuned for what we have next week. So check out our Twitter account and our social media as we're going to be talking about those films in the coming weeks. And if you liked this film and wanted to talk about it a little bit more and give your opinion, feel free to email us at our email that's in the description and you can direct message us at any time and we will we would love to put your take on a film in you know one to two minutes give us one to two minutes and then or just write us some reviews that you want to be posted as well we would love to read them on the air if you like this please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you will never miss a show If you found value in our show, we'd love it if you gave us a review so we can continue to grow and reach more enthusiastic movie fans in the future. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out as well. Be sure to check out our Facebook page, Classically Current Podcast, to receive updates on our show as well as vote on other films to review in the future. Thanks again for joining us, and as always, stay classy and stay current.